Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. So it is time to talk dogs. If you have a question for our canine behaviourist, Mindfulness for Dogs, Darren Rowe, now is your chance to get it in. 0800 747. Darren, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mel. Not such a great morning being in lockdown again. Isn't it amazing how a week can change everything? I know, because last week we were talking, you were in the Hamilton studios and everything was normal, and then essentially as we came off air, uh, Waikato went back into lockdown. It was. Good job I didn't gloat, wasn't it? <laughs> it's a very good job you didn't gloat. So how have you been going? How's the week been for you? Uh, we, we, I mean, we're quite fortunate in a lot of ways because we, we've got a bit of land so we can get out into and walk with dogs ourselves. So it's not too much of a problem. It just means that my clients don't get um, any uh, dog training whilst because we can't work at level three, obviously, on a one-to-one basis, so a little bit annoying. But... Apart from that, our dogs are still doing the same things. Like I say, they don't know they're in lockdown. <laughs> no, they don't know they're in lockdown, do they? Uh, 0800 747 is the number to call. You know what? Let's start with a question because Teresa is on the line. Morning to you, Teresa. You're on with cool. Darren. Hi, good morning. Good morning, um, Teresa. Good morning. I was just wanting to know, I've got a uh, nearly two-year-old lab, uh, black lab, and yep. if we leave him out in the backyard, and go to work or something, he literally destroys everything. He'll pull plants out, he will um, get up on the outside table and eat candles. Um, Literally, we just can't leave him out there because he just will destroy everything, but never, ever does it when we're home. So, so that sounds um, very much like he's um, he's quite stressed out being out there. If you think about it, if these labs are quite sociable animals, so they like to be inside with people, and that's that's generally where they want to be all the time, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, putting him outside by himself, it probably doesn't have the confidence to to deal with the situation. So, dogs do strange things when they get stressed out and they get anxious. They just they try and well, they, they try and eliminate things. They destroy things, don't they? Because uh, that chewing makes them feel a bit calmer. So, he's probably. Um, started to control his environment by biting and, and, and destroying things. And then it's become quite fun, it's become a game, and then it's just become a habit, and then that's just what he does. So the only way to really stop that kind of behaviour is to, to limit the amount of room that he has. So so our dogs are outside when we're at work, um, but they have a small kennel area. I think people in New Zealand make a mistake. They give their dog the whole garden. Um, it's too much for them to deal with. So limit the space they have. Then the destruction can only be a small amount, but then give them things that they that, that's more appropriate to destroy destroy if that makes sense so really strong chew toys because yeah. all he's trying to do is just just amuse himself um you could put the radio on quite a good thing gives them something to think about um but it will be boredom yeah. yeah. generally speaking and and just a lack of confidence, you can do confidence <laughs> yeah you could yeah. do some confidence yeah. games teach him to calm down um but that okay. will it's a typical thing for a lab um especially if they get some food at the end of it as well <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. No, that's cool. No, we do leave them in a in a kennel and a, a small run, but I I think maybe just extend that run because um, it's yeah. Ideal. And what you can I don't like leaving them in it. <laughs> no. What you can do is you can give him things to do. So you can have um. We're, we're talking about enrichment. So this is. Yeah, for the listener, this is exactly what you need to do, really, a lot of things that I'm going to talk about today. Um, hanging things um, so he can hear the noises, all those kind of things. Um, just giving, right. him, giving his brain something to think about, really, rather than just yeah. let's just destroy everything. <laughs> yep. 
Okay, thank you very much. I'll keep no listening. Way. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Good luck with that, Teresa. 0800 844 747 is the number if you have a question about your dog for canine behaviourist to mindfulness for dogs, Darren Rowe. So we did start talking about enrichment last week, but we never really finished it off because when we get busy with the no. calls and the texts in, uh, we obviously respond to those first. So where do we where do we get to with the enrichment I last think, week? I think we started looking at the um, sort of cognitive learning bit when it's about enriching through learning. Yeah, we did. Um, but just literally touched on that I think so so really um I think going back there's, there's like four different things there's this great book that I was looking at beyond the squeaky toy um which I recommend that people get and actually it um it gives you like a hundred different things that you can do to enrich your dog so if you're really struggling to find things then this is the book to get and some of them are really really simple ideas that you just think oh surely not but dogs love it right putting treats in a box and um, putting lots of newspaper in it and just putting it outside for them to go and forage and try and find the, the treats and that's so stimulating for a dog because it's using their nose it's using their, all, all their different senses and for us it's just a box of treats in but for a dog it's like a, a little treasure trove isn't it so mm. it's, just, just simple things like that it's really interesting because i was having this conversation with my husband about um enrichment said how we talked about it and he he couldn't understand because it, it you know never come across having to do these sorts of things for dogs. It was mm. something quite novel, and I suppose it is for a lot of people, like hiding yeah. treats in boxes and things. It doesn't. It's not something they think they need to do. No, but if you think about it, if you, if you go back to the wild dogs, um, and I won't say wolves, but they would be included in that as well, I guess, um, they spend 80% of their day foraging for food and, and hunting. And then our pet dogs just sit on the couch and raise around. Mm. So it's not surprising they get bored, isn't it, really? So we should really be giving them opportunities to do the same kind of things that we do in a while because they've still got the same motivations and the same sort of drive, haven't they? So it's just that they get they don't have the opportunity to do it. So it's not surprising if you leave your dog in the house that they go hunting in the house for things and then destroy things, is it? Because they're just doing what a normal dog would do. Mm. so better to give them an outlet for it that's a bit safer and a bit less uh, costly, <laughs> shall we say, for you. So hiding treats yeah, and so, boxes, etc. what else should we be doing? Yeah, so, so cognitive learning then. That's really getting the dog's brain thinking. Okay, um, if, we've got a, if we really um, work the dog's brain and get them to make choices in their behaviours, and we talked about shaping before and, and all that kind of stuff, um, then that's actually quite tiring for a dog. Um, mental stimulation is way more tiring than physical stimulation for a dog. They tend to sort of chill out a lot better when they're when they've been when their brain has been worked, than even if their physical body gets worked, because they just get sort of stronger and stronger. They want more and more exercise. So, um, just doing little little games where you're teaching your dog to find things, um, hide and seek, an awesome one. Um, you go and hide. If you've got kids, you can get them involved in that. So, they you put the dog in the crate. Um, you go and hide, and then sort of like scream and shout, shout the dog's name out and then let him out of the crate and, and then he can go around the house trying to find you. Just those little things like that. Um, we can teach the dog to do various tricks and I think we've talked about tricks before um, just to stimulate their mind and then they're going to offer all those different things. I did see um, a video on um, YouTube actually quite recently where the dog took himself to the shower and they had a electronic shower thing and he just came in and pressed the button or pushed the little thing in and took himself for a shower which I thought was pretty cool. Well that's unusual <laughs> because I know that, that. Um, I know that my dog really does not have, uh, she does not love the water. No, that's right, yeah. I was quite surprised. This was a little Vimarama, I think, um, which I wouldn't, didn't think I'd seen many Vimaramas go and uh, take themselves for showers, but it's pretty cool. Um, so, so anything that really that's going to stimulate the dog's learning and make them... But it's important about them having choices. If you're just telling the dog what to do all the time, that's, that's not going to be enriching whatsoever. It's all about the dog having the choices. So you might give them three toys and say, which one do you want? 
and mm. then they might go and choose that one. Can you teach that, an old dog this? Like, can you teach an yes, old dog these sort of yeah. things give them this enrichment? Definitely, yeah. And I think they're, they're definitely the ones that you need to because um, if you think about older people, the, we used to think that, you know, when you got old, that was it. You know, your brain just stopped working and then you started getting dementia and that was it. Whereas now we realise the more you stimulate the older person's brain, the more um, their brain becomes alive and the less old they get, really, in that sense, isn't it? So same for dogs. The more we stimulate their brains, the, the less likely they are to sort of um, become dementia and stuff like that. It's like crossword so. for dogs. Exactly, Sudoku. We talked about that, haven't we? Yeah, we did. Sudoku for dogs. I haven't trademarked it, no. Oh, we haven't. See, this is our opportunity missed, Darren. We should have trademarked that. I know, that. I know. Make, some, make a fortune. It's not like I've had a lot else to do, is it, either? <laughs> hey, I've got a text here from Sunny. Uh, we have an eight-month-old Chihuahua cross miniature Foxy who barks and chases people as they walk past the fence. How do we manage this? Yeah, so... so that's a territorial behaviour, and um, foxes are quite common with that one. Chihuahuas, not so much. But um, the one thing we've got to think about when we're training is that management and training go hand in hand. So I would probably say of the consultations I do, probably 40, 50, maybe even 60% of training is actually management of environment. So the dogs, if the dog's allowed to practice the behaviours all the time, then it becomes a habit, and then it becomes something you need to train out. But if you can stop the habit forming, it's much quicker to get rid of it, if that makes sense, get rid of the behaviour. So, so I, would, I would stop the dog from being able to do it physically. I would manage in some way, and then you can train an alternative. But until you can take that, that opportunity of practising it every day away from the dog, you're never going to change the behaviour. Mm. A Chihuahua mm. miniature foxy cross, that would be yeah. quite a cool little dog, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be an interesting combination there, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, 800. <laughs> many of those, no, you don't. Oh, 800 844 is the number right now if you have a dog question, if your animal. But let's go back to enrichment. So we've talked a bit more about the cognitive enrichment. What other sort of enrichment yeah. is there? So, so the obvious one is the physical environment or physical enrichment, and that's some, something that your dog will engage in, uh, engage in so much easier. Okay, so so that's what they do um, when they're bored anyway. So they'll go and like the last call of trees, they'll they'll go and chew up all the plants and they'll do that kind of thing. Mm. So so we give our dogs an area, and if you come into our um, training centre and you walk into our um, uh, into our um, training shed there, you'll see a little area just before that, and it will just be full of holes. It's a complete bomb site, but that's the dogs' areas for digging. Okay, so we give them a place to dig, and we've got eight dogs. Uh, sorry, seven dogs. So um, we have quite a big area for them to dig. Obviously, you wouldn't need to give a dog one dog maybe as much area as we do, but maybe just a little kind of kiddies. Um, paddling pool if you don't want it to be part of your garden but but promote that area don't assume your dog's going to go and dig in there put things in the ground you know teach your dog to go over there dig in there yourself make it something special for the dog and then the dog's going to go there and dig and that's a really good way to stop the dog digging up your garden as well give them a place but it's quite enriching because you can put all sorts of things in there right um, be like dale in the castle go and dig a hole yeah yeah definitely and what dog doesn't want to dig let's face it true um you can you can do things like you can hang um, old CDs if you've still got those kind of things. Um, old CDs or wind chimes. Um, dogs love to just to listen and watch things like that as long as they're not petrified of them. Um, obviously, you don't want to scare them, but you've got to, you can put things like that. Just stimulates the physical environment a bit. Things that they can grab, so um, maybe bits of string down with um, toys on that sort of thing, so they can just like grab and nuzzle and things like that. Obviously, you've got to make sure that when you introduce anything that's new, that you're watching and it's safe. And we don't want dogs getting hurt, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, 
you could do things like um, I've seen uh, with kids making, especially in lockdown, you've got your kids at home, um, making a fort, um, blanket fort, and going there with the dog because it's just a different situation. So they, they get stimulated in a different way because they've got blankets all over them and the kids can enjoy that kind of um, thing. It's quite fun. Um, you can, uh, if you've got pop-up tunnels, um, I've got like a little cat tunnel. We've got lots of agility tunnels as well, but we throw those things down. And the dogs, especially the small ones, your little chihuahua would love that, running up and down the tunnel. Um, all those kind of things. Basically, anything that just changes the environment, changes the physical environment and just gives them another challenge, then they're gonna, it's just going to be stimulating mm. and it'll just kick the ball them. Um, Sunny texted in again and said the chihuahua mini foxy cross is called a taco terrier. Oh, there you go. It's kind of good name. Today. Uh, are we hundred eight double four seven four seven is the number if you do have a question for Darren. We have Bruce on the line. Bruce, morning to you. You're on with Darren. Yeah, good morning, Bruce. Yeah. Hey, I've got a GSP three year old and yeah. gets all excited, I believe, and does a lot of squeaking <laughs> in the back. You know, like um, I do a fair bit of hunting with her, and she's really well behaved in the bush and everything. Quiet as points, everything you want. And uh, I've had quite a few of these over the years. I'm 68 now. And, um, yeah, she just makes this sort of excited, squeaky noise. You can't yell at them. You can't, you know, um, upset them in any way. They take it personally or doggedly. Yeah, yeah, definitely very sensitive dogs. <laughs> yeah. And so it's in the back of the U, I guess, yeah? Oh, this is sitting anywhere, um, even at home, you know, just before I'm going anywhere, she sort of gives a squeak and... You know, quite a lot of it. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's almost um, it's almost like anticipation, isn't it? <clears throat> like excitement. Oh, I think so. Or, or just, yeah. Yeah. So, so what I would say there is, um, first of all, it just means that you're motivating your dog really well. So, congratulations on that one. She's obviously got a great life on her. But if if it's annoying you and and it's uh, it's really um really getting to you, then. Have a little think about what's triggering the behaviour. So it'll probably be you um, sort of going and putting your shoes on or grabbing your coat, and there'll be a trigger for the behaviour. And when you sit down and just watch that, maybe even record the whole situation and then watch it later, um, you can start to sort of deflate those triggers. So say, for example, it was when you grabbed your coat, that's when it started, yeah? And then you would, rather than only grab your coat when you go out to hunt, then grab your coat lots of times and then redirect into a treat or a toy or that kind of thing and just start to, to break those triggers down so they don't just mean going out to a hunt, if that makes sense. Just right, when I'm in the vehicle the going... To really do that. When I'm in the vehicle going out, um, driving up through the bush and that, she does the same thing. Sticks her, you know, like a letter yeah. get out the window and she squeaks and carries on. If we're going to town and that, when we slow down going through a township, she'll start it. Yeah. You know? you, so, and going into someone's place quite, where she knows there's a dog. Yeah. That's quite common with dogs, that when, when the vehicle slows down, that's when the next thing is going to be the excitement, isn't it? That makes sense. Mm. So they always get really yep. excited. Um, we yep. see a lot of the dogs when they come training here, they, they start barking as they get past, as they slow down to turn into our property, not barking before that. So just that, that excitement. So so again, just break it down, so take them out, um, and then just slow down randomly. They'll start barking, just stop, wait for them to calm down, then carry on driving, just so that you start to give them other, you know, other situations that that's happening when they're not going to suddenly go out and, and run around. You've just got to break it down. It's just you've, you've made a life too exciting. <laughs> but oh, it will right. take a bit of time. Yeah. It will take a bit of time yeah. just to break those triggers down. Yeah. But do some observations. Yeah, as soon as we're hunting, she's quiet as. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So um, that's, that's probably what I would do. You can look at clicker training to help that, but um, you can look at clicker training to help that. But timing when you're driving is really hard <laughs> to do that sort of thing. It would be. Hey, Bruce, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, and get back to us and let us know how the advice has gone with you too. 0800 844 747 <coughs> is the number if you have a question for Darren Rowe, Mindfulness for Dogs. Uh, you've got about... Eight more minutes to get it in, and that's it for another week. And 3920 is the text as well. So let's go back to the enrichment. What next? Yeah. So sensory, sensory enrichment, and that's something that we don't think about very much. And when I say sensory, I mean more than nose than anything. And we've got dogs got five senses, same as us, but their hearing and their nose is probably a lot, well, a thousand times, a million times better than us. So we when we take our dog out we just think they're just looking at things because that's the senses that we use and we use our ears a lot but actually in dogs they smell things so much more so what might be really boring for us is incredibly stimulating for the dog um, because they can smell a thousand and one things so so let's tuck into that so you can buy um you know you see in doggy daycares where they do those lovely photos where they're throwing bubbles everywhere and the mm. dogs are going crazy you can buy bacon flavored bubble stuff yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> which is mad <laughs> <laughs> How crazy. Um, and that's that's quite stimulating for a dog. It's really good and quite, and quite you know, amazing photos you can get as well. Um, just having lots of herbs and spices, just make sure that they're um, not toxic to dogs. So um, as far as I'm aware, mint and cinnamon is not toxic. Um, so you can have that. We And lavender, we have lots of that everywhere. Um, and just having that sort of smell, you can get um, sort of lip balms and put it on things. Again, just check that it's not toxic for animals, obviously, because we don't want to go hurting the dogs. But anything that stimulates the smell. There was a there was a, um, a dog trainer in the UK, I forgot his name now, apologies, um, and he trained his dogs, he had five dogs, and he trained his dogs to only go for certain toys because each toy had a different scent on it. So one dog would only go for lavender, one dog would only go for rosemary, and so on and so on. And that's a really cool thing to do. Um, then you don't have any sort of aggression between dogs as well. I haven't quite got to that stage with my dogs. I haven't had the time to do that sort of thing, but that would be a great thing. Um, <clears throat> if you live on the farm, farm animals, great smells. Dogs love the smell of farm animals. You've only got to run and see a cow pat and know that dogs roll in that every five minutes. So any sort of new sense... Um, that the dog can experience is going to be enriching, pretty much. So when you take a dog for a walk, um, don't expect it to walk to heel all the time. Give it a chance to go and smell. I mean, not all the time, because that's really annoying, but let it sniff, let it sniff. That's, that's, that's so stimulating and so enriching for a dog. Okay, so let them do the sniffing. 0800 844 yeah. 747 is a number. Uh, we have a question. Priya is on the line. Morning to you, Priya. Morning, Mal. Hey, look, guys, Morning, I've got a quick question. My family has adopted a tripor. We adopted him in May. Um, he's a gorgeous wee critter, and I just basically want to know what can I do to help him with the water issues? Now, when I say water issues, I mean he doesn't like to drink water out of a bowl. He is terrified of my little ones running around with water bottles. We have a cup of coffee in our hands. He's scared. So it's been a lot of work right. on a rescue side of things, and we're willing to do all the hard work, but it's just more so what else can I do to help our tripor? Tripor, do you say, yeah? Sorry, I didn't catch the name. Yeah, three, well, you've um, got three legs, so, yeah. Yeah. So so what um, what age is he? We, we When we adopted him, we were told that he was 10 months, but we're figuring now that we've had him for six months, um, he's about two years old, roughly. Yeah, right. that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so 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 the water issue sounds like um, I mean clearly he's been uh, trained in a way of punishment at the beginning, um, of and it would have probably yeah. been a water 
bought a pistol or something like that. Um, so, so what you've got to think about is every time he sees water in a cup, it's probably going to be thrown at him. Every time he sees water in a bottle, it's going to be thrown at him. So that's causing a lot of anxiety and stress. So, so the best way to get him through it originally or initially is to take all those things away or as many of those things away as you can from his environment. Mm-hmm. Um, if he if his environment doesn't see them, then they're not going to trigger those behaviours. Um, mm-hmm. Then you can start to introduce them back, but with treats and with positive reinforcement to say, look, actually, it's okay. You're not going to get hurt when you see them. But we've got to, you've got to get him through that that kind of initial anxiety and pain first. Um, yeah, look, he, he has settled down a little. Yeah, he has settled down a little bit um, in the sense of he's not so. Um, watching and aware every time we're walking around with water mm. or whatever the fluid substance is. Um, but is there any other sort of trick that we could encourage him to possibly drink water? Yeah. So he doesn't drink it from a bowl at all? No. No, he won't drink um, it from a bowl. We'll barely lick it out of your hands. Um, we do put well, a small amount with his meals, but even yeah, then it's quite that. triggering for him. Yeah, I would. I would certainly put it in with his food. That would be. We had a dog that wouldn't drink for a while, um, and we we always put water in with the food anyway, especially if it's kibble because it gets de- mm. quite dehydrated. Hey, look, I think this is. Um, you, you've got quite a, an issue there, particularly because water is like one of the major things the dog needs. And um, I would mm. certainly get some help with that one. Um, but I I would okay. make the hand. What I would do is probably give it give it to the dog in that in your hand, and then I put the bowl in your yeah. hand. But make sure that yeah. The, yeah. the association with your hand is really positive first. Then put the bowl. Yeah. A very small bowl and slowly build up yeah. from that. Start from where you know he will do it and then build it up slowly. But get some help with this one because um, what can happen is that behavior can become ingrained and then start to um, sort of change into other things as well. Um, uh, so I would get some help now yeah. where you've got a chance because then it can be not not yeah. ahead and, and a big behaviorist can get a proper plan in place for you because um, it doesn't yeah. sound like he's living in a very nice place at the moment, does it, in that sense? in terms of his mind. Um, look, he's definitely improved in a vast amount, um, but it's just this, the major habits will obviously take heart, a longer time and we're well aware of it and it's just yeah, the additional yeah. help or the direction for the additional help is probably best for us. Yeah. yeah. It's all about just thinking about the positive association that he has with things. And if it's negative, you've got to build that positive association up to overtake that negative. Yeah. Good However luck. you do that. Good luck with that, Priya. Sounds yeah, like you have got your work cut out for you, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another question for you before we end. My border collie doesn't like people approaching her when she's on the lead, especially if we pull tight on the lead. What do we do? So first of all, don't pull tight on the lead because that's going to cause more frustration. Um, the best thing you can do is to bring the lead down to the ground and then turn and go the other way and then come back. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and then come back and, and get them in a sit and then give them lots of treats whilst that person's coming towards them. Um, there's other things that you're going to need to do there, but certainly don't. that lead's got to be loose. So do some loose lead walking. Again, find a trainer who can teach you that if you, if you don't, can't find something on the internet. Um, all about the frustration. When the lead goes tight, that's when the body posture gets tight and you get frustrated and there's always the barking at the end of that and the growling. So, yeah, make sure that lead's loose. Mm, a loose lead. Hey, Darren, well, that's it. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you once again for your time. Hopefully next <laughs> week when we talk, it will be that you'll be touch wood. <laughs> uh, down a level in Waikato, hopefully. Uh, maybe, maybe, Fingers hopefully. Now, if, people <laughs> want, if people want to get in touch with you in the meantime, what is the best way to do that? 
So you can find me on um, Facebook, just um, Mindfulness for Dogs, about number four, or um, the website, mindfulnessfordogs.com. I'm on Instagram, or you can uh, find telephone numbers on the website. Um, always happy to, to have a chat. Excellent. Um, but just, just bear in mind, very busy at the moment. Lots of people, lots of people emailing, so it might take a little bit longer than you uh, would like. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's that's my excuse all the time. I'm always useless with emails. It's like, well, I've just got lots of email. <laughs> Even if I haven't, I say I do. But I know that you actually do. You are you are definitely busy. Uh, Darren, thank you so much. And if you want to get in touch with them, remember, canine, um, mindfulness for dogs is where you go. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on the Mindful Dog giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.